sometimes, you know, during those times of uncertainty and anxiety, people sort of look for answers and look for uh, simple solutions to really complex uh, problems. And that's where conspiracy theories uh, really come into play. Welcome to the AIS New South Wales Creating Cohesive Communities podcast series developed by the Association of Independent Schools New South Wales. My name is Julia Jembe and today we are joined by special guest Rami, project coordinator from All Together Now. Rami's community cohesion journey started in the legal field before moving to youth and community work. In 2016, Rami commenced work for All Together Now and was part of the founding team that developed a unique and innovative training package specifically for those working with youth to effectively engage and support young people at risk of embracing far-right extremism or being recruited by far-right groups. A one of a kind in Australia, this training program continues today with the addition of other groundbreaking and relevant training programs such as the Agency Program. The Agency Program was co-designed with young people, for young people, and addresses online hate, as well as far-right extremist conspiracy theories and misinformation. A notable and increasing trend during the COVID-19 pandemic and subsequent lockdowns, Rami continues to actively participate and contribute towards the growing body of research, training, and community awareness raising on far-right extremism with universities, academics, colleagues, and community organisations. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands and airways in which we are meeting and broadcasting today as we share our learning. We also pay respect to elders both past and present, as it is their knowledge and experiences that holds the key to the success of our future generations. Welcome, Rami. Hi, Julia. Thanks for, for having me on the, the podcast today. Nice to be here. So wonderful that you can be part of this. Thank so, you. Thank you so much. Rami, can you tell our audience more about what a conspiracy theory is and why there has been a sharp increase in recent years, particularly with social media feeds and across social media platforms? Yeah, sure. Thanks for that question. Great question. Um, so, yeah, look, a, a conspiracy theory um, is basically, as the name sort of suggests, this, you know, a theory or a hypothesis about um, some sort of conspiracy taking place between two or more actors and usually with um, some sort of harmful or malicious intent. Um, you can sort of think of it as, yeah, this, this belief that, you know, uh, an event or a situation um, is kind of being secretly manipulated behind the scenes uh, by some sort of powerful or shadowy actors. Um, and as I mentioned, usually with some sort of uh, negative or malicious intent. And usually, you know, from looking at different conspiracy theories, they, they tend to have a few things in common. Um, so usually there's some sort of alleged secret plot. Um, there's a group of conspirators um, and then there's evidence that seems to support the conspiracy theory. And I use that term evidence sort of loosely because um, a lot of conspiracy theories rely on sort of unverifiable evidence. And that's that's one of the issues with some conspiracy theories. And I guess the other thing about conspiracy theories is that 
they sort of divide uh, the world, um, look at the world in this sort of binary way in terms of just good or bad, um, this sort of black and white approach to seeing the world. And they often sort of scapegoat people and groups. Um, look, and ha- having said that, I think it's important to acknowledge that there are, in fact, um, real conspiracies out there. And, you know, so many times and so often we see um, incidences of, of government cover-ups, government corruption, um, things like that happening. So this is not to say that there isn't real conspiracies out there. Um, what we're concerned with is being able to sort of verify uh, evidence to support a particular theory. Um, so that's that's kind of, a, I guess, a, a little bit about what a conspiracy theory is, but why we've sort of seen a, a big increase um, and interest in conspiracy theories, especially online and on social media, um, it's 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 a really complex situation, and you know that there's so many factors at play as to why we've seen this sharp increase. Um, you know, young people and people in general spending more and more time online, so getting exposure to to the online world and, and finding that sort of stuff online. I think as well the sort of the varying socio-political and economic factors that uh, people find themselves in today has led to a lot of uncertainty and a lot of anxiety. Um, and sometimes, you know, during those times of uncertainty and anxiety, people sort of look for answers and look for uh, simple solutions to really complex uh, problems. And that's where conspiracy theories uh, really come into play. They they sort of give you a simplified version of, of what's going on around in the world around you and this sort of black and white um, simplified version of, of, of events and situations when in reality they're a lot more complex. And, you know, we saw, you know, the COVID pandemic, people in lockdown, people feeling really isolated, really anxious, uh, really worried about the situation. And so naturally we, we saw an explosion of conspiracy theories. Um I think another reason as well is, you know, a lot of stuff's been happening over the last few years and I think a lot of people feel let down by the system, by governments and that sort of thing. And, again, um, people sort of look for answers to to some of these things. And, yeah, I think conspiracy theories are an easy sort of – an easy thing to kind of latch onto during a a really uh, difficult time. So, yeah, it's a combination of of a lot of things, I think, as well, why people have really bought into conspiracy theories recently as well is that they do contain kernels of truth. Um, and so that, that, that's how they can be effective is that they have kernels of truth along with a lot of other problematic stuff and, and people sort of buy uh, into that. So, yeah. yeah. Amazing. That Thank you for highlighting all the complexities there <laughs> and also how um, accessible it has been for, for many people over recent years as you've highlighted one of the things that I just wanted to um, ask about in regards to that, uh, you know, I'm treading on this because it's a, it kind of makes everyone feel a little bit uneasy, is that notion about fake news, which was that really infamous term that was used during that Trump presidential reign. Can you tell us what is it and are there differences between fake news and disinformation? Yeah, sure. So, you know, you, you're, you're spot on there, that fake news, that term has really been thrown around uh, quite a lot um, in the last few years and then really sort of came to prominence uh, during Trump's uh, presidential campaign and then his time in power. But, yeah, I mean, fake news is nothing new. And, and you know, if you wanted a definition of fake news, it can 
you can basically think of it as you know false information or propaganda um, that gets published under the guise of being authentic news or being factual or being objective. Um, so that that's what fake news is, and it's 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 nothing new. It's been around for a very very long time, and it's been so prominent throughout all of history. Uh, the the main thing that's changed now is due to self publishing and social media is that fake news has been has become a lot more uh, prominent and a lot easier to share, and, and anyone can sort of um, make fake news, and so that's why we've seen um, an explosion of fake news, I guess as well. You know, in our program and in, in agency, the the way we look at fake news, we we take a pretty broad approach to that term. Um, and so, I like to think of fake news as a bit of an umbrella term. And sitting under that umbrella term are these other categories of fake news. So, you know, for example, in our program, we when we talk about fake news, we include, for example, things like satire and parody. Uh, we look at you know sponsored content. Uh, we look at propaganda and politically biased content. We look at things like clickbait, um, conspiracy theories, pseudoscience. So they're all uh, you can kind of think of them as as different categories of fake news. And you know, obviously, and you can also think of fake news as a bit of a spectrum. So all those different categories of fake news I just mentioned, some are obviously less harmful and less problematic than others. So, for example, satire and parody. That's a type of fake news, but you know it's not it's not something that's problematic or it's not something that's um, tended to cause harm. So mm-hmm. if we think of fake news as being a bit of a spectrum, you know, on one end of the spectrum you have things like satire and parody, or you know, an error in reporting where a journalist has made a mistake, and then on the other side of that spectrum you have more problematic um, types of fake news like conspiracy theories or pseudoscience or propaganda. Um, and yeah, you asked about you know the the distinction between uh, fake news and uh, and disinformation. Um, I think probably a more useful term, uh, a useful way of thinking of that distinction is the distinction between disinformation and misinformation. Um, so those two words might sound the same, and they 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 often get used interchangeably, but they actually mean quite different things. So. Uh, misinformation is any sort of false information which gets shared for any reason, including accidentally. We've all been guilty of that. Maybe you saw something on your social media feed, a headline, mm. and you shared the news story and you didn't know. And, and later it turns out, you know, it had some misinformation or it was fake and you had no intention of trying to mislead people. You just shared a, an article without doing the research, turned out to be false. That's an example of misinformation. The flip side of that is disinformation. So that's um, disinformation is any false information which gets shared knowingly. So there's an intent to share that information. There's an intent to actually mislead people there, um, and that's disinformation. Um, so, yeah, when people knowingly share the information, knowing that it's false and they share it anyway, and, in fact, the, the information has been written or designed to intentionally mislead people. So that's yeah. the distinction we, we like to make. Um, yeah. I think that's really important to to clarify that, especially because they are used interchangeably, that notion around intent, and that has a profound impact. And so in regards to that, what kind of impact do you think conspiratorial thinking has on communities as well as the well-being of young people? Yeah, really good question. Um, You know, it's funny about when you ask about conspiratorial thinking because I do believe that that there is perhaps a sort of healthy and almost necessary level of conspiratorial thinking. And I, I mean, 
and I mean, uh, what I mean by that, it's, it's part of having a critical mindset, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, having a sort of a, a level of scepticism and questioning and suspicion, especially towards, um, you know, power and institutions and, and those and, and that sort of thing. I, I think it's all there's a there's a, a healthy level of scepticism and questioning. Um, mm-hmm. I think the conspiratorial mindset becomes problematic when you're engaging in sort of baseless conspiracy theories or things that, you know, are, are not verifiable. Um, and, you know, I think conspiracy theories that maybe target certain groups or certain types of people, they're, they're the sort of problematic conspiracy theories we're referring to. And obviously, when someone starts engaging with those types of conspiracy theories, um, there, there's the possibilities for, you know, conflict between different groups. You know, you have conspiracy theories that target, for example, Jewish community, uh, the Muslim community, the LGBTQ community, um, those types of conspiracy theories definitely have the potential to to sort of create disharmony in the community. Um, you know, and also belief in some t- in some conspiracy theories can definitely impact um, young people's relationships, their mental and physical health, um, even their finances. You know, for example, if someone believes wind farms cause cancer, they might go out and spend a lot of money on bogus health cures, right? So mm. it's uh, it, it can definitely have a, a range of implications. It can and it can definitely lead to a, a lot of negative thinking for some people, um, especially yeah. for you know young people with particular vulnerabilities. Um, you know, conspir- conspiratorial thinking can definitely have an impact on their mental health and well-being. I think as well for me another issue with you know baseless conspiracies or you know that, that that problematic conspiratorial thinking is that it's right now it's really overwhelming to be a young person and i think young people are facing they're facing so many challenges they're facing so many obstacles uh there's so many critical events and things happening around them and they're facing so many problems in the modern world and i think this is where conspiracy theories play a little bit of a role is they almost hijack and co-opt um young people's sense of um dissatisfaction with the system and they, they channel it into um, into a more dangerous place rather than in a constructive uh, yeah. way. You know, it, it almost takes away from young people's agency to confront the issues that they actually need to confront um, and mm. sort of t- takes that energy in the wrong direction, if, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Rami, um, thank you. That was really quite in-depth and quite detailed and really does cover all, all the um, aspects and angles about the impact of that conspiratorial thinking for young people. You mentioned just before agency, so just wanted to find out a little bit more there. Why did you and the team at All Together Now see the need to create the agency program, especially since it is targeted specifically for young people. So let's unpack that a bit. Tell us a bit yeah. more about the program. Yeah, and the need. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, we really developed the agency program um, in response to what was happening during COVID. So, you know, during the pandemic, uh, we saw a lot of far-right individuals and groups targeting young people online during the pandemic with all sorts of problemat- problematic narratives, not necessarily related to COVID, but just other stuff. Um, And, you know, at ATN, we've been watching far-right groups and individuals for nearly a decade now. And what we know about the far-right is that they are extremely opportunistic. So they will use any situation to their advantage and COVID was no different. And 
we really saw far-right groups uh, during the pandemic capitalising on the situation and capitalising on that space um, in an attempt to sort of, yeah, attempt to, to target and recruit young people. So the combination of young people being in lockdown and spending more and more time online uh, with this renewed push by the far-right to target and influence young people um, is, is basically why we developed agency in response to that. And, you know, we also kind of felt that and the impression we got from talking to teachers in schools is that they felt quite unsupported and almost a bit helpless trying to address this issue with their students. So there was really a need there. Yeah, amazing. And it just seems like there's a wealth of um, experience and knowledge, as you said, 10 years of following um, the themes and, and yeah, behaviours um, emerging with the far right. Um, in terms of the program, there is a component of critical thinking skills. So just wanted you to sort of um, talk a bit about that, if that's possible. How are they the antidote to navigating um, conspiracy theories and the fake news and this um, disinformation? Yeah, look, really good question. And then, you know, it goes back to a little bit about what I was talking about earlier about that conspiratorial mindset. Yeah. Um, it really does link a bit to critical thinking. And so, you know, critical thinking is is basically just the kind of thinking where you as an individual, you question, you analyse, you interpret, you evaluate, and you make a judgement about what you read, what you hear, uh, what you consume, what you say or what you write. And, you know, if you have good critical thinking, it, it's about making sort of reliable information. And, you know, it's not to say that someone who, who applies critical thinking is being negative or focusing on faults. It's it just means being able to clarify your thinking so that you can break down a problem or a piece of information, interpret it, and then use that interpretation to arrive at an informed decision or judgment. And we really try and build that that critical mindset with young people during this program. Um, I guess you know something. You know, if you have that sort of critical mindset, you as a young person, you're in a better position to navigate the wealth of information that's out there. Um, whatever you're consuming, whether it's conspiracy theories, whether it's the evening news on television, whatever it is, if you have that critical lens, you're going to be in a better position to sort of make a judgment and evaluation about whatever you're coming across, whether it's from the mainstream media or from, you know, an influencer on social media. And I just want to emphasize something about our program and our role with the program is that our job is not to teach young people what to think uh, what to believe or what to read. Our job is to give them the skills, the critical thinking skills for them to arrive at conclusions themselves, which is a much better position than trying to tell them, hey, this is what you need to believe. You know, I think that that's the best approach to empowering young people in this, in this space. Um, you know, telling young people that they need to think a particular way or believe a particular thing is, is definitely not the right approach. We want to put them in a position where they can arrive at those positions themselves and, and then they're going to genuinely believe it rather than sort of just, you know, saying they believe something just yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, amazing. What a powerful um, skill set to to actually facilitate in, in that process. And, you know, you've touched upon that critical thinking skill set. Are there any other kinds of skills that students and also educators will take away from being part of this amazing program? You know, is, what kind of sort of practical strategies does does the program provide at, to enhance those skill sets as well? 
Yeah, great. I'll, I'll talk about educators a little bit later. Um, agencies, mm-hmm. more specifically for young people aged 14 mm-hmm. to 21. Um, it's a series of workshops, as you already know. And, yeah, we do cover quite a lot of things. So, as mentioned, we do look at sort of critical thinking skills. We also spend quite a lot of time on media literacy um, and, and equipping young people with media literacy skills. And then we also take time to focus on sort of racial and intersectional literacy as well and, yeah, giving young people that sort of holistic understanding and, and how all those things kind of link together. So, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of were talking about how the program's delivered. So it's multi-sessional uh, with with teachers and students. Did you want to just sort of um, clarify yeah. how that all works? Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah sure. So the, the program here consists of three workshops. Uh, they run from about an hour to an hour and a half each. The workshops are delivered by two facilitators, um, delivered to young people. It's com- it's a completely free program funded by Multicultural New South Wales. So, um, you know, any school or service can get in touch with us and say, hey, I'd like to arrange these workshops for my school um, or for my, you know, my year 9s or my year 10s. And then we come and we, we, we deliver the workshops usually online um, and usually over three consecutive weeks. The workshops are all really interactive um, with lots of activity-based learning. And so there's really two main ways that a young person can participate in the program. They can sign themselves up to one of the public sessions or, as I mentioned, uh, their school or service can reach out to us and um, and request to host a set of the workshops, which is completely free and at no cost to the school or service at all. So, nice. yeah, they're, 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 the two, they're the two ways that young people can get involved really quite accessible and amazing that it's um, been supported by um, state government bodies as well. Um, You mentioned that you kind of wanted to speak um, about the educator side of things, so there's obviously something else going on there. So before you get into that, um, do you have any advice or any effective strategies for educators who are dealing with young people who are engaging with conspiratorial thinking? Any advice? Look, I would say encourage as much critical thinking as possible. Mm. Um, you know, as an educator or a parent or whoever you are, I think be open-minded and engage with conversation. That don't don't shut it down. Don't be scared to have the conversations. I think silence is worse and sort of creates more damage and distance between educators and young people. So I think always keeping the lines of communication open is really important. I think, you know, staying curious as well, it's really important and encourage your students to stay curious. Don't shut off, don't shut off that, that thirst to sort of question and find out more because I think that that's a, a really important um, like trait to have, you know. And I know I said this already, but do your best to get them to arrive at conclusions themselves and I think that that's, that's really important. So beautifully put. Thank you. So do you want to just say a little bit about um, the – the program for educators. Yeah, sure. So we, we've been at ATN quietly working on a new <laughs> training slash resource for teachers. We've been developing it over the last few months. It's, it's now ready to be rolled out and we've been building on our work from agency, sort of looking at online aids and fake news and conspiracy theories and that sort of thing. So, yeah, this is a new training resource uh, not for young people, but for educators and teachers. And, you know, it's, it's really great. Um, it gives educators the skills and knowledge to be able to identify and respond 
um, to young people engaging with hateful fake news and conspiracy theories. It includes a lot of classroom resources and practical strategies for educators. So, yeah, if this is something you've been struggling with in the classroom, then please reach out and, yeah, um, we can have a chat about this new training. Amazing. Thank you. And we will um, reference where people can get to all together now and yeah, uh, awesome. get in contact. That would be amazing. Awesome. And just very quickly, is that also a um, – are there any costs involved in regards to participating in that? Yeah, that, that, that one is a, is a paid uh, training. Um, we don't have funding for that at the moment. So unlike agency, which is free for, for schools and services, this is a paid training. No worries. Thank you. Yeah, no just, worries. Yeah, go back to agency for a yeah. moment and just really thinking because it seems like it's just been so incredibly um, impactful and powerful for everyone involved. Um do you have um, any inspirational, one of those aha moments you might have experienced from student participation in the agency program? Yeah, look, there's, there, there is a, um, a class that stands out. I remember we had a school um, reach out and re- request that we come to agency. I think it was with their year nines or year tens. And, um, you know, this particular class, they were having issues with a small group of boys in the class who were, yeah, making all sorts of inappropriate comments and, and engaging with a with a range of problematic narratives and content online. And, yeah, so they reached out to us and we came and, and ran the, the first workshop and, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes of the workshop, that, that group was, you know, just really resistive, wasn't really um taking anything on board we were talking about and, yeah, just kind of having a bit of a laugh at the whole the whole thing, and yeah, well, you know, as we sort of continued through the first half of that workshop, and then we we had our our a little break in, in between, and then you know we came back and, and finished the second half of that first workshop, and you know we wasn't sure how much uh, it was really going down with those students, but then the, the, the teacher sort of reached out to us. Uh, at the end of that first session, he was like, you know, you're not going to believe it that, you know, that same group of young boys that, you know, we've been having issues with, they came up, up to us in the break and, you know, were saying, oh, well, you know, we didn't know about all this and we didn't, you know, realise that there was all these different types of fake news and propaganda, and, you know, politically biased content and and that they really sort of got something out of it. So, yeah, it was it, it was great to sort of hear that because, you know, I was thinking, oh, you know, they're not really taking any of this on board and sometimes you don't know the impact of, of a program till later. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's moments like that that are, that are really awesome. Absolutely. And, you know, that feedback, very profound and, and how quickly yeah. there was that turnaround to, to open up that conversation and the very important conversations as well. Very powerful. Rami, before we wrap things up, is there anything you would like to share that we haven't covered? Oh, no, I, you know, I was going to talk about the, our, you know, the educators, the training for educators. Are, oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I've already brought that up. So, yeah, I, I think that's good. I think, yeah, like, you know, just a message of hope and support to schools. You know, don't be scared. It's all good, you know. Be, be sort of courageous in this space and, yeah, just keep having those conversations and, and contact us. 
Beautiful. And <laughs> finally, what one thing would you like to see schools do in this space? I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's there. I think it's there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, look, like I said, stay active, you know, be courageous, keep having those conversations. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, this is such a complex and difficult area. There's no, there's no silver bullet. There's no, there's no like magic solution. It's it's always going to be something that we're working at. And you know what? Like it's 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 good. Like it's good to have these conversations, and it's good it's good to stay curious and question things. And you know, like even as adults or you know as as teenagers, whatever it is, I think it's you know you can you can use that. You can use this this skeptical mindset in a positive way if it's if it's channeled in the right way. 100%. Oh, my goodness. Rami, thank you for amplifying the hope and continuing the conversation. So important. So thank you so much for sharing your important no, work. My pleasure. Thank, thank yeah. you for having me today. Thank really you. It, thank you. It's been absolutely amazing and it really is much needed work. And, you know, thanks to All Together Now as well. We really keep um, – we really do look forward to keeping up the conversation, as you said. I think that's really important. Further details about agency and all together now will be provided in the description of this episode. And we hope that this has supported your community cohesion journey. And just remember that the AIS New South Wales community cohesion team are available to all independent schools to help strengthen that community cohesion, respect and sense of belonging in your school communities. Just need to go to our website for further information. Thanks so much. Everyone take care and we look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. For further information on the AIS New South Wales Community Cohesion podcast series and project or any of our guests, please see our show notes 